0: All right, people, it is Monday, ladies and gentlemen, the fall camp for your Crimson Tide, first full week of fall camp, and you're rocking and rolling right now on the hottest show on the streets, the number one form out there getting. The best in Crimson Tide news, notes, information, and entertainment. That being in my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Happy to have you guys checking us out here on a Monday. Getting that work week started off for you correctly. We're bringing you the show from the magic city of Birmingham. Streaming this to you on YouTube. Speaking of the channel, hit that subscribe button right now. You know what to do. Smash that subscribe button get friends family members casual bama fans diehard bama fans all that you know to subscribe because if you love the content They will as well. Also, don't forget to give us that like. Give us a thumbs up. Hit that like button. Run those likes past the moon. Make us your show, your network, channel, platform, and space to talk Crimson Tide. Turn all of those notifications on. Hit that little bell so you miss nothing. You stay alerted on whatever drops from us on your Alabama football program. We also got you covered on Facebook and Twitter as well, streaming to you the show. And we have a good one, Bama football, getting ready for that first scrimmage of fall camp inside Bryant-Denny Stadium coming up here on Saturday. But today begins the first full week of preseason camp for your Crimson Tide. And we want to hear from you, the incredible Alabama fans today. And you can do this by calling 205-448-1358. But I'm going to call in to let your voice be heard on the show. 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. Want to hear from you. Daily Super Chat Go, $75 daily Super Chat Go. My man Bill from New York already in the building with that $5 donation. The Super Chats, appreciate that love from Bill. And there goes my khaki pants friend there, Dancing Steven, getting his thing done on that desk there, Show that support to the show. And beginning now, first talk of conversation here, Eli, and uh, you look at... For Alabama, for Nick Saban, the one thing that Crimson Tide fans don't want to talk about is the injury front. No one wants to talk about that. It's, oh, goodness, no. Can Alabama just have everybody healthy? I'm tired of injuries. I'm tired of injuries. I'm tired of medical mishaps. Can, can Bama just have everybody healthy and as much as we want to? And as great as we enjoyed the 2020 season, where it seemed like nobody got hurt, until the regular season where Jalen Waddle had a little injury there against Tennessee and Landon Dickerson had a little injury there against Florida in the SEC championship game. But both guys were back for the national championship. But the point being, people don't like injuries. Coach Saban on Sunday during the media day for Alabama had this long list of players. Knicks, bruises, injuries, injuries. Uh, guys need to have surgery to fix some things and try to heal up they'll miss some time in a fall camp and the first one of these guys is senior tight end Cameron two out of salt lake city utah this to me is the most significant one uh coach saban came back on sunday stating how it is a minor knee injury for camera Latou. Uh, he tweaked the knee About 10 to 11 days ago, he will miss some time. He'll miss a couple of weeks. And what's tricky here is, Coach Saban talks about the three injuries that you can't really gauge would be knee, groin, and back. Because one day, you're feeling like, Coach, I'm good. I can move. I can push. I can work with it. And then some days, you're like, Sweet, baby Jesus, Mother Mary and Father Joseph, I'm hurting I'm hurting, Coach. I can't move. I can't bend. I can't pop. I can't push off on it. So you're day-to-day, right? And so Kamala 2 listed as day-to-day. Hopefully, you know, he'll be able to get back here uh, during the latter portion of camp, get those reps in, and get on the field for the first game of the season on September 3rd against Utah State because, you know, Kamala 2 is a big deal for this offense. 26 catches a season ago, 410 yards, eight touchdowns, and the best friend to a quarterback is a reliable tight end. And we see the connection that Bryce Young and Cameron Latou have already. But the guys i will be called upon to step up here in Latou's absence and get these reps building their confidence, building their chemistry in the passing game and then the offensive system, we talked about this last week. You know, guys like Miles Kitzelman, transfer from Utah, uh, transfer for, transfer from Hutchinson Community College, excuse me. Guys like Robbie Oots and Elijah Brown and Danny Lewis Jr. and I'm, uh, and Amari Black. But Bill O'Brien on Sun on Sunday singled out Miles Kitselman and Robbie Oots as two guys that will really be able to uh, fill in the gap and take up the slack for two being out. Miles Kitzelman, we know, coming from junior college, really good blocking tight end, really physical. Wants to take a defensive player and move him from point A to point B. We had him on the show uh, during the summer. Can develop as a pass catcher. Does have the ability to develop as a pass catcher, but a really good run blocker. I and mean, then you look at Robbie Oots, kind of the same thing. Really good blocker. We saw him a season ago prior to a foot injury. He was solid in those red zone goal line situations, paving the way for Brian Robinson, Jace McClellan, and other backs to score those touchdowns prior to an injury. He did make some improvement in spring ball in terms of the pass catching prowess. So those two guys, Kitzelman and Oots. Um, uh, Bill O'Brien highlighted now Amari the Black, freshman. This is the guy to watch, in my opinion. The reason why at 6'3, we're at number 84, big, physical, rangy, athletic. Right? You can put him on the end line as a tight end. He will run the route tree, get open, make catches, make big plays. You can stretch him out wide as a receiver. He will run routes, get open, be creative make plays it kind of has that body of a Kyle Pitts type but I think Martin the Black is one of those guys to watch out for in that tight end room he brings a lot here to the table but that's no camera or two there from the injury front Tyler Harrell here's a guy that people have been talking about where's Tyler Harrell You know speedster from louisville averaged 29.1 yards per catch a season ago Uh, where is he we've been hearing all off season about how fast he is how quick he is how dominant he is how he can create separation from defensive backs where is this young man i've been watching the practice footage i've been watching the practice clips i don't see number eight on the field i'm not seeing him being captured where is tyler harrell well According to Coach Saban, Mr. Harrell, not 100% as of now. He's been able to practice. He's been in and out of all practices, but not at 100%. But one thing Coach Saban said, we want to get him to channel his energy more into the team uh, in a positive way, being bought into the team. And And that got me kind of wondering, you know, Tyler Harrell, trying to get bought in, trying to get uh, washed into the culture But as, as Alabama football. And sometimes it takes a player or two longer than others to kind of get adjusted and washed into the culture. So hopefully, you know, Harold will get himself washed in as a transfer. He'll buy in and merge himself into the Alabama football family and understand the uh, the standard and, the, you know, what goes on here. When you talk about football in the city of Tuscaloosa and representing the Crimson Tide. But he has shown flashes of what he can do. He has shown flashes coming from Louisville of the potential that he has to be you know, a big-time receiver. Just, number one, got to get healthy all the way. And Number two, got to be able to fully buy himself all the way in the program. But... Saban did talk about the other transfer receiver that Bama got in the offseason back in the spring and that was Jermaine Burton formerly of Georgia. Burton is the most consistent receiver in this room according to Coach Saban. He's been here since spring. He's gotten that connection with Bryce Young. He and Bryce go back to their days playing ball in California. You look at Burton coming off a national championship with Georgia a season ago. Had, what, 26 catches for over 400 yards, 497 to be exact, and five touchdowns. He's going after a second national championship. The young man at six feet. I mean, he's uh, not necessarily a burner. He's got a bit more speed than John Mechie. He kind of fits as that complete package, that compact type of receiver that can just make plays, do it all, get open, be reliable, smooth hands, uh, solid routes, exceptional routes. It's kind of what Jermaine Burton brings to the table. and coach saban and bill o'brien were just raving about his consistency as a guy that's been here since the spring so you got to look at burton here as one of the starters for alabama in that wide receiver room now there are other guys veteran guys pushing for an opportunity to be starters in that receiver room and those veteran guys are are as follows on screen you look at jacorey brooks We saw this past season, Ja'Cory Brooks, two touchdown catches, one in the Iron Bowl against Auburn to force overtime, one in the college football playoff semifinal against uh, Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl. So you look at Ja'Cory Brooks, you look at Christian Leary, you look at JoJo Earl, you look at Treshaun Holden. All of those guys, veterans who have been in the system, who have been in the program, that understand what to do, why to do, how to do, and the purpose of doing it. And I understand it can be frustrating at times when you're a veteran in the system and the coaching staff brings in somebody else from the transfer portal. You feel like, am I ever going to get that time to get on the field? Well, Ja'Cory Brooks spoke today, his first time with the media. He doesn't feel that way. He knows in Alabama this is a program that breeds competition it's best on best it's good on good and the cream rises to the top of the food chain so if you know that you've got what it takes to be the best then you do not shy away or you do not fear the competition coming into the program so i think it to see uh, the other guys there as veterans vying for their spots there in that room continuing here updating these injuries and guys that can get some reps because of this. Uh, Bama's got four freshmen that are nicked up, banged up, had some surgeries done to get healed up here. And those four freshmen are as follows. Wide receiver Aaron Anderson had a knee that had to be cleaned up. You know, he'll miss some time. He'll be out, but we'll be back soon. You've got offensive lineman Elijah Pritchett, who had a pectoral surgery. He hurt his pec uh, during the weight training process. Uh, the, 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 the team doctors advised him, might want to get that surgery stitched up, get yourself healed back up there, so that be Elijah Pritchett. Isaiah Hastings, defensive lineman, had a small injury coming in. He got worked on, say but did not go into his injury, unveil it, or disclose it. He just said Hastings had an injury. And then last but not least, defensive back Earl Little Jr. came in with his shoulder. Uh, the coaching staff and the team doctors went ahead and addressed that as well. So those are your four freshmen, Anderson, Pritchett, uh, Hastings, and Earl Little Jr., all had little wear and tears there, little injuries that they had to get fixed on in terms of surgery. Now, the good thing is, in terms of the freshmen, is they're at positions where Alabama's got so much depth, they can they can have a guy, you know, go down, but have the guy get surgery, have him get stitched up, have him heal up so that way they can be properly ready for when they return to jump back in there and get those reps that they need. So, to me, the only one of these injuries that's kind of significant would be Kamala too, but even Coach saban with him uh, will be out for a couple of weeks should be back soon here to wrap up fall camp and uh, get himself prepared for the first game of the season against Utah State. But we take our first break here on the show. Don't touch that Dow Just getting started. Upon our return, we go on the phone lines. We grab your calls, your thoughts, your chats, your conversations. Light us up, Bama Nation. We get to you after this. You're watching In My
1: Own Words with Stephen M. Smith. Brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Get your four finger bling necklace today by visiting WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. Throw them foes up. Nine players have teamed up and released the Alabama team paper
0: Folks, we're back with you rocking and rolling from the break on the hottest show on the streets, covering your Bama football news and fall camp. Yours truly, Steven Smith. Touchdown, Alabama Magazine on a Monday, getting that work week popping off of you correctly. Guys, shout out the man, D. Pickett, baby. D. Pickett, that four ninety nine in the Super Chat, showing love right there. We got Dancing Stephen getting ready to come on the screen, doing his thing there in K. Pants, d pickett appreciate the love there coming from him but um, we go to the phone lines right now folks to take your calls the call segment brought to you by the blue wrench gang 205-448-1358 number to call in to let your voice be heard on the show 205-448-1358 we grab this call now you're live on the show it's going on how we feeling state your name and where you calling from
2: What's going on, Steve? It's your boy Elijah from Jersey. How you feeling, man?
0: Doing great, Elijah, and yourself, man.
2: Oh man, I'm doing pretty good. I was um I was listening to the uh, the Saban interview. I was uh, I was listening to the Bill O'Brien interview, and uh, the one that stood out to me the most, man, was Pete Golden. I felt like Pete kept it 100 in his in his interview. You know, he he was a straight shooter in there. He didn't, you know, he didn't duck and dodge, no questions. It don't look like his answers was political. You know, Bill O'Brien, to me, I I just don't have a lot of trust in the dude. Um, But that's another conversation. But Pete, I felt like just Pete Pete kept it real, man. Pete Pete said, listen, you know, up front, we got to get the best four rushers, you know. And even though, like, I don't have a whole bunch of faith in, 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 in Toto, I call him Toto, Um, because everybody wants to give him a pass. But we got to realize, this wasn't a true freshman. Henry Tortore wasn't a a true freshman. He was a guy that had two years already in the SEC, SEC football. He came from playing underneath one of our defensive coordinators. So he had experience, If, if, if I'm not mistaken, he was already an all SEC linebacker, you know? Um, so oh, first team or second team, whatever, which one he was, th- is the systems different? I think it's a-, a tad bit difference in the systems, but I, I just felt he could have played much better than he did last year. Um, but I-, I think Pete Golden kept it 100, man. Even he threw a couple curse words up in there. I know he probably wanted to bleep him out after that, but he- he, to me, like, he, he was just authentic. Like, hey, listen, there's no excuses for this defense, man. It, it, this year, we have experience at all three levels. He mentioned he had D- DJ Dell, a Boyby up front. He had Henry uh, Toto in the middle. He had Will Anderson on the outside, you know. Then in the secondary, you know, you have uh, a Battle and you have Helms. So like he said, he has experience at all three levels. Competition it should be at an all time high. Um, but like he like he basically said, there's no excuses for this defense. The name of the game basically, you gotta go tackle. You gotta be aggressive, and, and the best players is gonna going hit the field. Now uh, it's easily said than um, done. In like we talked about before, Pete Golden isn't going to tackle anybody. All Pete Golden does is call defensive plays. And, and believe me, if he's calling the wrong defenses, Saban's going to jump all down his throat. You know, So it's not about the, this man is, is not calling the right defensive of plays. It's about the players executing. It's about the, the physical and the mental toughness of these guys. And everybody wants to keep saying and preaching, oh, do you think this could be one of the best units? I like the answer that he gave to that. You know, they've had great players at Alabama before that, you know, those defenses wasn't, you know, uh, top tier because of the individuals. You know, it has nothing to do with his his scheme calling, his play calling. It's the fact that, man, these guys got to line up and just do their job. And the only thing I look at it and say, don't, don't, don't give them so many opportunities. Yo, if this man ain't doing his job, next man up. I don't care if that man's a, a, a true freshman. I don't care if he just was the garbage man last year or the water boy. Next man up. Because we don't have time for dudes to keep making mistake after mistake after mistake and after mistake. Yo, at some point, you got to learn. If you can't learn, you got to hit the bench. So my thing is, I, I really like Pete Golden's interview. Um. I felt that he was the most authentic. I felt he kept it 100% real in his interview, man. And uh, like, like he said, he can only put the best players out there, but those guys got to perform, you know. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm finished, venting. Uh You have a good
0: one, bro. Appreciate you coming in. And I, I, I've always enjoyed Pete Golding's interviews, and he's authentic because you, you can tell he loves the coach. Pete Golding coming from – Small schools. He loves to coach. He loves being out there. He, he loves the passion. He loves the fight, and and he loves just just telling you how it is. And um, I feel like she knows that this is the year where people can finally say, okay, what is Pete Golding really? Because his first few years, he's always his defenses have been hit by injuries, right? So this, this is the first year where all of Pete Golding's main guys defensively, they're healthy. They're set. They're ready to go. You have experience in all lines of the defense, defensive line, linebacker, defensive secondary. So Pete Golding knows, okay, this is the first time in my five years here, that people can actually evaluate me for what I am as a defensive coordinator, and he knows. We got to get the right guys, we got to get the best guys, our most effective guys on the field, and this is why you're seeing competition everywhere, whether it's a cornerback, whether it's an inside linebacker next to Henry To'o To'o, whether it's on the defensive line. There's competition everywhere because Coach Golding knows this is the best group of guys I've, I've had since I've been here, and i got to get the best out of them. But appreciate Elijah there for that phone call. We, we take this call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from.
3: Stephen Bill from New York. How are you, brother?
0: Doing great, my man. How are you?
3: We're good. You know, what I want to say is, like, I've been watching this team for so many years. And what I'm really feeling now is I think that Coach Saban is going to go back to his roots a little bit. I think we're going to be more of a running team. I think we've got more speed at running back. I think our line's going to be better than last year. We also have power at running back. We're so deep in that running back room. And I think that's ultimately what the coach likes. I think we're going to score less points than we did in uh, 2020, obviously, you know, last year, I think we're going to score less points because I don't think we're going to have to score as many. I think the defense is going to be better. And I really do think that not only is the running game going to be great, I think it's going to be balanced because we have, you know, we, we, we got Gibbs, he's, he's got the speed. We got our guys that we're bringing back from next year. We have power. And, I, I, you know, I don't know how well they're going to block. Do we have like a blocker like Najee or B Rob that can buy like extra time for Bryce? So I, that's what I think. I think we're gonna run the ball more, like that run and defense that's really Saban's roots. And I'm wondering like if you agree with me or you think maybe I'm more base here.
0: I think, I think Bill and I, and I see exactly Bill where you're coming from because Sabin has talked. Saban talked about that Sunday and it's he wants to be able to run the ball more. He wants to line line up and run the ball whenever he feels like it. And that's why you got a Jameer Gibbs. That's why you went out there and got uh, two freshmen, and Emmanuel Henderson and Jamarion Miller, and then the guys like Jace McClellan, Roydale Williams, and Trey Sanders that you have back. Also, why you pulled in Miles Kitzelman from the transfer portal from Community College, from JUCO, because of his ability to block and help out there on the offensive line. So I think Saban... Looking back at that 2012 Bama team, that team that had Wormack and Fluker and Barrett Jones, and they would just mash and maul people, and then you can play off of that with A.J. McCarron play action, going deep to Amari Cooper, going deep to different receivers. I think Coach Saban wants to bring some of that back because he talked about that Sunday, being able to not just run the football, but let's open back up that play action with Bryce and the receivers that we got and keep this thing balanced. But absolutely, Bill from New York, there with that call. Appreciate uh, my man, Bill, calling into the show. But it, it was good seeing Saban talk about that. I think he wants to have a balanced attack offensively, just like defensively. Pete Golding wants to get all of the guys on the field that he knows can affect the quarterback, can stop the run, and then can create turnovers. Henry Toto spoke on that during Monday's, uh, not Mondays, but um. Yeah, Monday's player interviews. You know, Henry, not Monday's, uh, I think it was uh, last week's player interviews where Henry T. came in and he said that he had been sitting down with Coach Golding and the, the discussion was, you know, how do we force fumbles, force more fumbles? How do we get more interceptions? How do we create more turnovers and more negative plays to not just pump our defense up but put our offense in short fields there but we're going to go to a quick topic here as you guys are continuing to get your thoughts in 205-448-1358 number to call in 205-448-1358 definitely want to hear from you will anderson spoke today will anderson jr and uh A question that was thrown at him by media pundits was You know, um, if there's a package of you, Chris Braswell, and Dallas Turner to hit the field, how lethal, how crazy would that package be? And Will Anderson basically said, Hey, I can't give out too much. I can't give this away, but just know if it is, it's going to be nasty. It's going to be lethal. It's going to be dangerous. It's going to be unfair. I can't give out too much, but when you see it happen, you know it's about to happen. And, uh, you know, Pete Golding even hinted to it a little bit that we got to get our best rushers on the field. We got to do great on first and second down so that way on third down, we can get our best guys on the field to go hunt, to go eat, to go out for the quarterback. And And all I'm saying is the fact that Will Anderson said, I can't get into this too much. To tell you, a package is in play. A package is in play where it's Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell. I've said this before. If this package hits the field, I'm just preaching eulogies for all quarterbacks. I'm preaching funerals, okay? Just put me a love offered in the collection play. I'm preaching all funerals for opposing quarterbacks if this is indeed a package. Because I'm starting to get the feeling that this is indeed a package. That's unfair. And then if you throw Jaheim Oldest in that package, too, oh, goodness. And what he's done transforming his body, I mean, that's just, that's, that's the package of no air. That song by Jordan Sparks and Chris Brown, that's the package of no air, that's the package of death, that's the package of just unholy, like, you got all three of these dudes going out your quarterback just... Tell your quarterback not just to play that day when you got all three of these dudes going after him at one time. But anyway, Will Anderson. Not giving much away, but keep in mind packages out there with Chris Braswell, Will Anderson, and Dallas Turner. But I go to a break right here, folks. Don't touch that dial because upon our return after a few days of fall camp, we got some big competitions brewing for Alabama, especially on defense. We'll talk about those position battles after this. All right, whoa, baby, we're back in from the break on a Monday, getting that work week started off for you correctly. Hotest show on the streets covering your Bama football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, your Crimson tie in fall camp, and a lot of competition going on in fall camp especially on the defensive side of the ball where Pete Golding resides. We talked about his presser on Sunday, one of only two times uh, in, the, in the football season where Coach Saban allows the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator to speak to the media. You no, know, Pete Golding, was, was, he was raw. He was real. He was authentic. He was honest. He was truthful. He was, hey, we got to get this done. And as an Alabama fan as and as a consumer of Alabama football, we all can respect what Coach Golding had to say now it's just putting it all together there on the field and in terms of the competition that Alabama's got on defense across the board here we're going to start in this defensive secondary where folks there is a five to six man race for, for the starting two cornerback jobs Five to six-man race for the starting two cornerback spots, and Pete Golding mentioned we're just going to have these guys battle it out till our two corners are standing for those for those starting jobs. So, the first trio of corners in the battle, we all know them. Kyrie Jackson, Kool-Aid McKinstry, Eli Ricks. We know these three guys. Kyrie Jackson came over from JUCO in the 2021 class, played in 12 games last year, had seven tackles, two pass breakups. He's six foot three out of Maryland. Rangy, athletic, big-time corner, has the potential to be a lockdown, shutdown corner. When you look at Kool-Aid McKinstry, came in from Penson Valley High School as a five-star. In the 2021 class, as an athlete, I made the All-SEC freshman team a season ago. 17 tackles, a pass breakup, you know, a sack. Did some good things a season ago. I and mean, then you got E. I. Ricks. Coming over from LSU, he played in 16 career games for the Tigers between 2020 and 2021. We're talking 31 tackles, five interceptions, and six pass breakups. Now, Ricks came in with a bit of a shoulder injury, had to get himself healed up and catch back up to speed here. But according to Coach Saban, he's made progress here uh, in fall camp. So those are your first three guys in this battle, but they're competing against. The next three guys, which are showing up right now. And we're referring to Terry on Arnold, Yaquez Robinson, and Br- Brian Branch? Yes, Brian Branch is in here as well. So, Terry on Arnold, according to Pete Golding, is flashing and has flashed a lot. In fall camp, remember Terry on Arnold came from Tallahassee, Florida, 2021 class, five star. Uh, our own Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA, followed this man religiously. Uh, he he kept watch on Arnold, an uh, individual that played basketball and football in high school, extremely athletic, has ex- uh, big time skills. You go back. You watch his high school tape, you will get images of Eddie Jackson because that's what Terry Arnold kind of plays like. When he gets the ball in his hands, he has a feel for where that end zone is, and he has a feel for breaking things back to uh, the house there for scores. And he came in as one of the top safety prospects in the class, but Alabama has transitioned him to corner. When I look at West, Robinson, came in that 2019 – no, came in the 2020 class. He came in the 2020 class as a four-star, as a four-star from Florida as well. But he came early. He was part of the 2020 class, but he came in December of 19 to help Alabama prepare for Michigan in the Citrus Bowl. And at 6'2", John Quest Robinson's built like Trayvon Diggs. Very long, very athletic, very lanky, rangy. He's added some bulk to his frame, but he looks a bit like Trayvon Diggs when, when Diggs came in the 2016 class from Maryland. And Coach Saban talked about Robinson. He's made a tremendous amount of improvement to where he will be able to contribute at some spot here in the secondary. That's just how much growth he has made and how much he has pushed. And then you got Brian Branch. Coach Saban said, Brian Branch has worked summit corner and they feel like he can play corner if a moment should come for it. Keep in mind, Branch came out of high school uh, Sandy Creek High School, Tyrone, Georgia, as the program's all-time leader for interceptions. Uh, his freshman year, Blanche had two picks. Last year, he came down the stretch really, really strong. A uh, uh, Nine pass breakups, team high. Uh, the guy can lower the boom. The guy plays extremely physical. Very good tackler, pristine tackler. So you got your main three guys that we all know and Kool-Aid, Rick's, and Kyrie Jackson. So here's the other three guys in the push here for two starting corner spots. on Arnold, Jacquez Robinson, Brian Branch. It's going to be fun to watch that. Equally as fun, the inside linebacker position next to Henry Toto. Henry T, going to be the starter at that middle Mike linebacker position, but who will be the Robin to his Batman? Who will be the running mate to Henry T at that weak side backer position? Well, You've got Jalen Moody, who uh, is back for his fifth season for the Crimson Tide, a former three-star in the 2018 class from South Carolina. When he's entered games, when he's had opportunities, he's made plays, he's caused your eyeballs to look at him and watch him. What Coach Golding spoke on Sunday is having that consistency and stacking together good reps every single day, that's the big thing for Moody. Moody can do that and hold off the young competition behind him. He will start right there at that weak side backer position because he's a natural thumper. He can stick his nose in there. He can stick his nose in the trash, shed off blocks, and attack where that ball is. But he's got to stack up consistent reps here day-to-day in practices in fall camp. Now, the guys that are competing against him battling with him and pushing him trying to take the job from him uh, are these three right here When you discuss Deontay Lawson, Ian Jackson, and Giad Campbell. Deontay Lawson's a big-time player. I mean, he' big-time athlete coming from Mobile Christian High School. This is a guy that had 101 tackles his junior year made first team all state a guy that has drawn some comparisons to CJ Mosley coming out of high school because of his instincts because of his lateral quickness because of his strong tackling ability of the guys put on more weight and muscle. Uh, Deontay Lawson can flat out play. In back-to-back spring games, he's balled out. Uh, Pete Golding mentioned he's had he had a really good spring. He had a really good summer, and right now having a very strong fall camp. And the biggest guy pushing Jalen Moody is Deontay Lawson. According to Pete Golding, that is a real push. That is a that is a true push right there. Coming from Lawson, with along with Lawson. You've got Ian Jackson, another in-state product. Jackson came in the 2021 class out of Prattville High School, and uh, as a four-star, and he has finally started to get it himself. When he first came in, you know there were some concerns about Ian Jackson, but now Ian has gotten it. Ian has locked in. He's gotten a full gist of the playbook. He understands what he's supposed to do now. He's playing harder. He's working harder. So Ian Jackson has started to come up some. And then Gian Campbell. For him to be making these types of moves early in his career, that's a true freshman, big deal here for him. Played his high school ball at Timber Creek High School in New Jersey. Spent his final prep season at at IMG Academy. Juggled playing wide receiver and defensive end at 6'3", near 230 pounds. Gian Campbell is just a very versatile linebacker can play inside, can play outside, very good coverage guy, very instinctive, lateral quickness, really good feet, good cutting ability, can shift back and forth. Like He can play. Duke can ball. Duke can, Duke can flat out go. So these three pushing Jalen Moody for that starting job there at the weak side linebacker position next to Henry To'o To'o. But here's the big thing here. Jaheim Otis, keep your eyes on this man, folks. With, every, with everybody that's talking about him, it's Pete Golding mentioned Sunday that he had been recruiting uh, Jaheim Otis since the eighth grade, that he recruited Jaheim Otis, and that how you know Jaheim, Bama offered him in the eighth grade, uh, he knew he had to drop weight, and he committed to it. Other guys would have uh, taken down. Other guys would have quit. Other guys would have left the scene. Other guys were taken the easy way out. Jaheim knew what he had to do if he chose Bama. He stuck to the plan. He stuck to what he need to, needed to have done. He dropped the weight. Coach Golden said he's got more wiggle than y'all than we know. He's a big wall. You can't move him. But he's so fast now. He can get in the backfield and sack your quarterback. I mean, Jaheim Otis is working got a chance to talk with Will Anderson today about Otis, and he said, hey, it's it's crazy how I get distracted watching how dominant he is. This is Will Anderson saying, I get distracted watching how quick Jaheim Otis is in the backfield. I get distracted watching how fast he moves at 342 pounds and just excited to watch this young man play. I'm telling you, he's getting reps. He will see action this year. I don't know which game. Or it's time, tight. he will see action this season. But that's just the competition here going on defensively for the Crimson Tide. Whether it's in the linebacker room or in the defensive secondary. But we're going to go to a break right here, folks. Don't touch that down because, baby, when we return, we hitch you back to the phone lines. Getting your thoughts, your calls, your conversations. We get back to the phone lines to talk with Bama right after this.
1: Don't touch that dial. Call in right now as we're taking your calls up next on in my own words with Stephen M. Smith brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Visit weownthefourthquarter.com now to get your four finger bling necklace.
0: All right, folks, we're back in rocking and rolling from the break of the hottest show on the streets covering your Crimson Tide football news. In my own words, Or truly, Stephen Smith, the touchdown at Alabama Magazine, your Crimson Tide in fall camp. First full week. Of preseason camp here. We're going to go to the phone lines right now to take your calls. Call statement brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205 448 1358. And I'm going to call in 205 448 1358. We grab this call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How we feel? And state your name and where you calling from. I want you, buddy, from Virginia. How are you, my man? Doing great, man, and yourself.
4: I'm gonna guess David. How hot is dunner, ba
0: my man? Man, man. man, I can't complain, man. It's How it's, fu- it's fu- go-, go ahead. How hot is it, Dunner? I'm, con- I'm 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 con- I'm confident man in this team. I'm confident man in this team. I'm I'm confident in this defense that Pete Golding knows what he's got this year. The first, you know, four years, it's always been an injury and an important position that's kind of thrown things off. Now this year, the main guys on defense healthy, especially Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, those guys. So I think now we get to truly see, okay, what Pete Golding really is. Hey, Steven. Can I ask you one more question real quick? This is my last one. Go ahead.
4: My coach, his name Doc Dr. Adams, from I'm hi. Huh? He said, come here, Tom Brady. Come here, Peyton Manny. He said, you'd throw more like Peyton Manny or Tom Brady. Can you believe him?
0: Uh, a guy, Pate Manny or Tom, not, not quite sure, but we appreciate that call right there coming into the show right here. Uh, in my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith here. We're going to go to this call here coming in. You're live on the show. It's going on. How are you feeling? State your name, and where you calling from? This is Charles from uh, Leeds, Alabama. Charles, what's going on, man?
2: Uh, I heard you talk about the receivers earlier. What's the latest word on Tower
3: Herald?
0: Ladies are on Tyler Harrell, Coach Saban said Sunday that not fully 100%. I don't think he came – I don't think he left Louisville with an injury. I'm not sure. I didn't hear he left Louisville with an injury. But according to Coach Saban, not fully 100%. But the thing that got me with what Saban said was trying to get him to channel his energy in the right way toward the team, that got me wondering – you know, is Tyler having a hard time buying into the culture of Tuscaloosa? Hopefully he's not, but just hearing Saban say got to channel that energy the right way toward the team got me thinking a little bit there, but I think he's okay.
2: All right. All right, you have a great day, sir.
0: Absolutely. Appreciate Charles from Leeds there calling in with that question on Tyler Hare. It It takes some guys a minute to buy all the way in because you're going from uh, one program to Alabama and the standard is always different in Tuscaloosa regardless of where else you come from but we take this call here you're live on the show what's going on how are we feeling state your name and where you're calling from
4: hey Steve how's it going man this Sam calling from Dallas Texas how you doing Sam I am what's going on man Hey, nothing much, Steven. Hey, man, I I got on a little bit late. I know you guys were talking previously about the receivers, man, but I want to emphasize, man, that dark horse in the room, man, Jacoby Brooks. I know you guys are talking about these receivers, man, these guys transferring over this, that, and the other, man, but we don't need to forget, man, this is that same alpha dog who made that awesome catch in that Auburn game. And I don't know why people are uh, overlooking that man, but this guy is an absolute dog. Mark my words, Stephen, this is a dog. He will not
0: be denied this year. Not be denied, sir. Sam, Sam, I do not I do not disagree with you because uh Talking with Bryce Young about Jakori Brooks, talking about Coach Saban about Jakori Brooks. I mean, they just they they, can't, they they talk about the route runner he is, the focus he has, the competitor he is, how he just wants to do everything on the field to help the team. And Brooks actually spoke today to the media for the first time, and one of the things that helped him, uh, he spent a lot of time with Jamison Williams and John Mechie. Both of those two kind of took Ja'Cory under their wing and said, this is how you play here. This is how you be a professional. This is how you go about things. And he took a lot. I mean, Brooks took a lot from J-Mo. He took a lot from Mechie. And in that Auburn game, like you mentioned, Sam, it paid off because when uh, J-Mo was ejected in that game and they were doubling Mechie, it was somebody's got to make a play. And Jaquori Brooks was the one that made the play because he spent time with those two veterans, and then and the um, and the good year combo he has a touchdown catch. So, you know, Jaquori's a guy that he doesn't say much, but he's one of those guys that he speak. He, he doesn't he speaks softly, but he carries a big stick. Absolutely,
4: Stephen. And I and I want to reiterate for the record, you know that guy's coming out of that Florida pedigree. Just remember that now he's coming out that Florida pedigree. And when we got these receivers coming out that pipeline out of Florida, you know they show up and they show out. Thank you for your time.
0: Absolutely. My man Sam from Texas calling in. True that. Receivers from Florida do their thing when they come down a You could take that back to Calvin Ridley, to Amari Cooper, to Jerry Judy. Uh, the receivers that come out of Florida do their thing. And Jacore Brooks, they're going to be that next guy. Well, he and Christian Leary both kind of look to be that next. The next two guys are from Florida doing their thing for alabama from that sunshine state pipeline but gotta remind you guys on tomorrow 6 p.m central time streaming right here on the tda youtube channel we got the bama standard you want high energy you want fun you want comedy you want laughs you want talking with bama legends in the game you gotta check out The Bama Standard on tomorrow with Justin Riley, comedy legend Steve Brown, all-SEC linebacker Marvin Constant, uh, Bo Scarborough two-time national champion at Alabama, and USFL champion with the Birmingham Stallions. Yours truly, Stephen M. Smith, we got you covered with two great guests. We're going to have Brayson... Hubbard 2023 Bama commit three star defensive back will be joining us on the Bama Standard and former Crimson Tire running back 1992 national champion Derek Sweetfeet Lassick will be on the show as well. So Check out the Bama Standard tomorrow, 6 p.m. Central Time, streaming right here on the TDA YouTube channel. But 205-448-1358, number to call in to let your voice be heard on the show. 205-448-1358. Want to hear from you guys. But as you guys will continue to get your thoughts in to the conversation, we're going to go to a quick well, no calls. There, we're going to go to a quick call topic, actually, here on the show. And the call topic actually goes to here. Call topic goes to, oh, it was, oh, man. Call topic actually goes to Co- Coach Sable. was Not Coach Sable, Will Anderson, my bad. Will Anderson was mentioning something on the other day, on today. And that was uh, no more knuckleheads on the roster. He said the team chemistry. The team chemistry is right where it needs to be at. No knuckleheads on the roster. Everybody's bought in. Everybody's knocked in. Everybody's a hundred percent in what they need to do. Everybody is pushing in the direction of team, and uh, this is what you want because last season it was about eighty. It was about ninety percent of guys that pushed in the direction of team, and it was ten percent that pushed in the direction of self. And you saw what happened when you had injuries to guys that were pushing in direction of team the guys that were pushing in direction of self were not able to get the job done alabama did not win the national championship and some of those guys pushing in direction of self entered the transfer portal so now you have a hundred percent pushing in direction of team all focus all intensity all communication all locked in all for one goal to get back and finish the job in the college football playoff this time around so will anderson the terminator no knuckleheads no me personalities everybody is focused on team goal getting back to the national championship and finishing the drill this time around. So that's awesome news there coming from one Will Anderson. But we go to our final break here, folks, on the show. When we get back, we're going to discuss Bill O'Brien. He said something on Sunday that's been echoed by two former offensive coordinators for Alabama in year two. When those two offensive coordinators said it, it led to a national championship. Does Bill O'Brien, will Bill O'Brien's commitment lead to a national championship in his second year? We'll talk O'Brien after this.
1: Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama.
0: All right, people, are back into the action from the break. How to show up in the streets, covering your Bama. What well, news? In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama magazine, Crimson Tie in Fall Camp. And before we get into the final topic of conversation, gotta remind you of TDAWare.com. That's TDAWare.com. So for all of your swagger, saw, strip, clothing, cultural, fashion, niche, check us out. TDAWare.com. Link in the description. Get yourself set up right now as we're in fall camp. Get you that gear, support your Crimson tie. cheer on your Crimson tie and the brand that's giving you all the information on your Crimson tie. Or if you want to wait to Saturday, September 3rd, when Alabama takes on Utah State and Brian denny to open the season, you can do that too. But tdaware.com, check us out. tdaware.com, link in the, in the description. Continue showing that support for Coach Saban, University of Alabama, the student-athletes, and us here at TDA. But, I mean, look at now Bill O'Brien. Coach OB. Bill O'Beezy. OB O'Bee in the house. B-O-B. Bill O'Brien entering his second year as the offensive coordinator for the Crimson Tide, coming over from the NFL. And he spoke on Sunday at Alabama's media day. And the big thing O'Brien's saying... I'm committed to Nick Saban. Happy to be in Tuscaloosa. Want to be here coaching these guys. When you get fired from the NFL, you don't. That's when you find out who your friends are. Coach Saban reached out to me, thankful for this opportunity right here. Cannot walk away from him. And uh, I thought about that. I thought about that message that he said that O'Brien said two offensive coordinators in years past, and maybe three, but two offensive coordinators in years past made the same statement in year two of them being on Saban's staff. And in that second year, they went on to win a national championship. Those two guys, Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkeesian. 2015, Lane Kiffin talked about, I'm happy to be here. You know, Nick is my guy. Nick Saban have saved my career. Can't leave Coach Saban. So much respect for Coach Saban. I need to be here. What does Lane Kivin end up doing? Helping Alabama win a national championship in year two. Steve Sarkeesian 2020, owe everything to Coach Saban. Coach Saban gave me a second second chance. Nobody else would. He revived my career. I can't leave him. I'm committed to Nick Saban. What does Steve Sarkeesian do in year two? Win a national championship. Here And and maybe Jim McElwain said the same thing in 2009. I'm not sure. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Who knows? But we heard it from Lane Kiffin, and we heard it from Steve Sarkeesian. Now here comes Bill O'Brien with the same conversation. Now here comes Bill O'Brien with the same statement. And I understand we all have our questions about OB. And I throw myself in there. I mean, I have my questions too. We all have our concerns about Will he be creative enough? We have our concerns about, will he be balanced enough? We have our concerns about, if Alabama has the ball in the goal line, will he trust the offensive line and the running backs not try to run four verticals throwing the pass to the end zone? We have our concerns about Bill O'Brien. But, what gives me, I guess, the hope and the excitement is, you know, O'Brien mentioning this, O'Brien stating this, hey, You know, I'm not looking at NFL jobs. I'm not looking at any other occupations. Like, Coach Saban reached out to me when nobody else wanted to give me a second thought. I am committed to him and making this team better and making this offense better. And if O'Brien can have just an inkling of creativity, it does need to be no big boom, just an inkling of creativity to have those matchups where Bryce can pick opposing defenses apart Jameer Gibbs can run wild Jace McClellan can run wild other running backs can run wild you know wide receivers can have those matchups where they can take full advantage of them same thing for tight ends if Bill O'Brien can have an inkling of creativity where all of that is concerned year two for him can be a national championship too it very well can be I mean because when you look at it the quarterback that you have in Bryce Young, you're going to be favored to win every game and probably by double digits. So, if O'Brien can just add a small sense of creativity in what he's doing, and then once he gets in the goal line, don't overthink it. Get the heavy package out there. You know, run the football. Get in the end zone. I think he'll be fine. Because we saw with Lane Kiffin, committed to Nick Saban. Said that then in the second year, national championship. Steve Sarkeesian, committed to Nick Saban. I ain't going nowhere. Committed to Coach Nick. What happened? Second year, year two, national championship. Can the same fate hold for Bill O'Brien? He said Sunday, he reached out to me, Saban reached out to me when nobody else did. He had faith in me when nobody else did. Brought me in here. I'm committed to this program. And Bill O'Brien had that inkling of creativity. And his year two in Tuscaloosa. Can it end with a national championship? We shall see. As the Crimson Tide continues with fall camp but folks as always you want the best in news notes information entertainment and coverage on your bama football you can check it out by getting the touchdown alabama magazine app you download the app from the iphone app store if you're rocking team apple google play store if you got the android phone Now, for your audio needs, check us out. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm, Google Play, iHeartRadio. We got you covered. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I'll be back on Wednesday. Continuing the conversation that is, excuse me, Thai football. Remember, Bama fans, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Have those sent to your door. That link will be found in the description. If you're trying to get the fresh edition, print edition of TDA the Magazine, you go to touchdownalabama.com. You click join, become a member or a subscriber today. That link in the description. If you're trying to get your hands on the four-finger bling jewelry, four-finger bling necklace, courtesy of our guys that we own, thefourthquarter.com. That is in the description as well. Guys, shout out you guys, the outstanding fans of Alabama football for the love, for the calls, for the chats, for the dialogue, making this your show, your network platform channel and Space 2 Talk Bama. got shout out my incredible producers, John Ivory, the maestro the master of the building, and our associate producer, Eli Young Yoda Walker in here doing his thing behind the scenes as well. Appreciate those two keeping me on track as they do. But... Until next time, folks, husbands, love your wives. Wives, appreciate value. Those husbands, children, we're about to be back in school, but continue doing the right thing, fun thing, smart thing, good thing, legitimate thing to not be bored. Be sure to get yourself those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. You protect yourself. You protect the loved ones around. You remember 6 p.m. Central time tomorrow. Get to the Bama Standard streaming on the TDA YouTube channel, Until next time, folks, I'll see you Wednesday. I'm your man, Stephen M. Smith. You've been listening to In My Own Words.